is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in Hi, and welcome to Journey Through the Word, a podcast that takes us through the scriptures, one book and one message at a time. I'm Jeff Gilbert, and I'll be your guide through the Bible to help you better understand God's Word, what He wants to teach us, and more about His Son, Jesus Christ. Hi, today we're in Acts chapter 18, and Paul is continuing his missionary journey. And now he's in Corinth, in Greece. Corinth was a major city of trade in Greece at that time. It was easy to bring your boat or your ships into the port around Corinth, and they would portage across land. Nowadays, you could see they tried to build a canal to make it easier. But back then, they portaged the ships across land and put them back in the water on the other side. And because of that, it was a major cross-section for trade going through the Mediterranean. And of course, with that, that uh, trade coming in from all over, there was also a lot of the worldliness that you see in a port city. Even until today, port cities attract business from all around the world, but they also attract the worst things of the world, you know, and they take place in the port cities. And Corinth was not that much different. We know that because later in the New Testament, Paul writes two very long letters to the Corinthians, and he talks about very practical matters about behavior and attitudes and uh, the way Christians should be toward one another. and He writes a lot of in-depth things about very practical things for the Corinthians to know because the church was and could easily be influenced by outside forces coming in from the world. There he was preaching in the synagogues, and they really weren't receiving what he had to say. And when they, they didn't receive, you know, it says he shook out his garments and said, your blood be on your own heads, I'm innocent. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. And he did that because the people in the synagogues weren't really receiving the things that he had to say. Not all of them. Almost all the time when Paul would preach in a synagogue, he would get some who would believe or some who would want to know more. And he would also get a group that would, you know, either kick him out or try to kill him even. And some even followed him from city to city, trying to destroy any of the work that he wanted to do. But there, while he was doing that, he met a very interesting couple, and their names were Aquila and Priscilla. And we'll read later on that they, they play a major part in the early church. They were in different churches, in different cities, in different countries at that time. And when they went to those places, they played an in, intricate role in, uh, or I should say an integral role in everything that took place in the church. They really were helpful. And it's also interesting that Paul was supporting himself at that time, and that's how he met them. He was a tent maker, and he was working, and they were working. And whether they were believers at the time or not, we don't really know. But we know that from that point on, they were kind of connected and through the churches. You know, t- today it's odd because I, I've talked to some Christians and, and they say in a very trite way, if you're a, a, a pastor or a leader in the church and you don't take salary from the church, but you work and support yourself, they say, oh, you're a tent maker. And I thought, when I heard that, I thought, that's an odd way to put it. But yeah, you know, Paul was a tent maker. Great. 
Some people don't take salary, don't take money from the church because those are people's tithes and offerings. And, and other people gladly take them. And they, they go into the ministry saying, oh, I'm going to be in full-time ministry, happy to leave the world, happy to leave their jobs and careers to go and work full-time ministry. It's though it could be two different things. Well, <clears throat> according to Paul here, it's okay. Make your own way. The Bible does make allowance for you know, ministry to take funds from the church if, if they need it. But you know, the day that we live in today is a lot different than Paul's day. You know, there you had to worry about where you would sleep and where you would eat and where your wage might come from. Today, anybody can get a job basically anywhere and support themselves at least partially and also take care of a church or take care of a Bible study or group at the same time without this idea of making a career or making it a job. It's not a job. It's a ministry. And so we should treat it as though a job is one thing, ministry is another. And here, they, they didn't really receive him in the synagogues here. And he, he said, I shake my garments off from you, kind of like when Jesus said, if they don't receive you, they don't receive me, shake the dust from your feet and go elsewhere. He said something similar. He shook out his garments and he said, your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. And he left there and he went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. And his house was next to the synagogue. So Paul was there teaching the synagogue, hoping to get the conversions. And maybe this guy was, because he was right next to the synagogue, was listening. And, you know, he said, you know what? I accept everything. I believe in your God uh, because of his name. We know that he most likely wasn't Jewish, but he and his whole family got saved. And God surprises us that way. Sometimes he just opens a door that we're not expecting him to open and he does the work the way he wants to in the end. So we do our job, we do what he calls us to do, and he's the one who finds the people and they get saved. He stayed there again because even though they were rejecting him, he must have been a bit afraid because he writes that the Lord spoke to him one night in a vision. Well, isn't that wonderful? So God spoke through dreams and visions. And it's a marvelous thing when God gives direction in that kind of a way. And I think he uses dreams a lot because, you know, we're not overtly thinking about things. Trying to come up with ideas or solutions. Our mind is at rest and, you know, we don't really know what we're thinking. But often in the Bible, and even until today, God gives a dream to us or a vision and he speaks to us and shows us something. In this case, he's telling Paul that he needs to stay there and help the church. So even though they didn't receive him, even though he was going to shake out his garments and move away, God spoke to him and said, don't be afraid. There's no harm that's going to come to you. And I have people here. Right? I'm, I'm going to uh, take care of you. And he says, I have many people in this city who are my people. So Paul didn't even know that, but there were a lot of people there who were ready to serve and follow God, but they needed someone to help them. And we shouldn't be discouraged, even though the world today seems so lost, so overwhelming. And so often in our churches, it seems people may not want to hear the gospel. And God would want us to know that there are always people there 
who are ready to hear his gospel, who are ready to hear about salvation. There's always been a need. So he actually stayed for another year and a half there. And then later on, they bring him before the local authorities because the, they want the authorities to arrest him. Actually, they probably wanted the authorities to kill him because the Jews were always against Paul. And the guy said, you know what, this is just a matter of words and names. You know, you have your own law, take care of it yourself, and I'm not going to judge these people. And he drove them all out. And then they seized one of the, one of the believers, Sosthenes, who was the ruler of the synagogue, but obviously he was listening to Paul and believing in him, believing in Christ. And they took him in front of the tri uh, tribunal and beat him. Uh, really horrible. Right? This is religion. Let's beat, let's kill, let's do anything that disagrees with us. So Paul left them after a while and he went on to Syria and with Priscilla and Aquila. And at Sencheri, he cut his hair for he was under a vow. Very interesting verse. We don't know what the vow was. We don't really hear any place else that people take vows in the New Testament. So we're led to believe that Paul probably was doing something to gain favor with the Jews so that they would maybe listen to him and do what he had to say. And he would still follow some of those Jewish traditions from time to time when it was convenient so that people would listen to him. He didn't want to close the door right away. You know, we have a tendency to do that today where we have a, I'm a Christian and this is what I believe and if you don't believe the way I do, instead of really becoming what Paul says, I'm, you know, I'm becoming all things to all men, befriending them and getting to know them and maybe understanding or taking interest in things of their life. So we think maybe that's the vow. Maybe the vow in those days, it was like an Old Testament Nazarene vow, uh, and he cut his hair. We, we don't know because it's not clear. And so let's not try to make anything up. So then uh, he got to Ephesus. And, you know, he said, if it's my will, I'll return to you after he'd, he had been there for a while to take care. And then he landed at Caesarea. He went up and he greeted the church. And then he went down to Antioch. And then he departed and went from one place to the next to the region of Galatia and Phrygia strengthening all the disciples. You know, that's another thing, is that as believers, we need to be continually strengthened in our faith. And how we do that can be different ways. But today, the most common, I would say, would be to have fellowship with other believers. Of course, we should read our Bible. We should pray all the time, whenever we have opportunity. And that strengthens us. But nothing is more encouraging than to be around other believers who think and are going through similar things that we're going through, and we can encourage and edify one another. And now, here, in there was a, a guy here who comes up. His name is Apollos, and he's a native of Alexandria. And he came to Ephesus, and he was an eloquent man, and he was competent in the scriptures. Okay, so now it's interesting that We've never heard of this guy before. And he comes up and he, he already knows the scripture. He's been instructed in the way of the Lord. He's very fervent in spirit. And he spoke and he taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. But he only knew about the baptism of John. So it's a very interesting story. Because Apollos is obviously a believer. 
He's following the Bible. He's repentant and following Christ. He's following according to the baptism of John. And what was the baptism of John? It was the baptism in the water early on when John was baptizing, telling them to repent of their sins and prepare their hearts. So we know that Apollos is following that baptism of repentance. Then, interestingly enough, Priscilla and Aquila heard him and they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Well, if he was doing things perfectly and he knew everything about the scriptures, how could they teach him more accurately? Well, it seems to me that Apollos wasn't aware of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because in another place earlier in the book of Acts, remember Paul said, uh, do you know the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We don't know of any baptism of the Holy Spirit. We don't know what you speak of. We only know the baptism of John. So there was this kind of early faith where people were really following God through repentance and, and sanctification of their lives. But it was a different baptize, baptism to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here, I think we could assume that the more accurately in the Bible is that they would have told him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is really important because, you know, there are today, there are lots of different denominations around. They didn't call Apollos aside and tell him he was wrong. They didn't criticize him publicly. They didn't say, we have the real way, you have the wrong way. No, they were all working toward a common cause to lead people to repentance, to lead people to Christ. Today we have the same thing going on. But people try to find ways to divide the church and to divide groups of people into different little pockets and beliefs instead of just taking the thing that we're supposed to do, and that's lead people to Christ. Why would they tell Apollos this? Because the way the Holy Spirit works when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit helps us so much more because he directs us through spiritual gifts and gives us so many more resources that we can use in order to spread the gospel of Christ. And it says that he went on and he, he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, shown by scriptures that Christ was Jesus. Later on, we hear more about Apollos, even in the book of, you know, because this is, they're just leaving Corinth. And later on, when Paul writes to the Corinthians, he talks about Apollos. Because some people there were saying, I'm of Apollos, you know, and the others were saying, oh, I'm of Paul, probably because of this difference of just repentance or being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the difference. And, you know, Paul said, come on already. Is Christ separated? We're not of Paul. One does one job, one does another so that everybody can be saved. Paul said, I plant, another waters, but it's Christ who gives the increase. And that's the great benefit for us, is that we work and we serve Christ. We do it in love. We do it without taking. It's a good, good chapter here to, to show the way Paul's ministry was. First, he went to where God wanted him to be. When he thought one way, oh, I think I'll leave and go somewhere else, God told him to stay, and he obeyed. So the Holy Spirit spoke, he listened, and he obeyed. He was earning his own keep there because it was a commercial city. It was easy for him to do tent making and to make a living, so why not? And through his work, he met Priscilla and Aquila. And 
by doing that, they also were used later on to show Apollos a better way. And Apollos was used. Everyone getting along, everyone with one purpose and one direction. And that was to show the great love that Christ has for us. And you know, it's a wonderful uh, family, a kingdom that we belong to when we belong to Christ. We meet great people. He gives us great blessings in our life. He might even take us to wonderful places. We don't know. And he uses us. And we have such great fellowship with one another. You can also be part of that kingdom and part of that family. Just follow Christ. Ask him to save you. Ask him to come into your life and to change you. And begin to follow him. And his Holy Spirit will visit you and bring the same blessings for your life that he brings to the others. God is our refuge and our